0: Welcome to WattCast. I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Woman Around Town. Paula Vogel's Indecent uses klezmera, a form of Jewish folk music and Yiddish song, to enhance the story, transition scenes, and underscore dialogue. But more than that, the musicality provided throughout the story brings a more personal look at Jewish culture and the lives of each character, in Decent's actors perform vocals' words while also playing popular instruments like the violin, the clarinet, and the accordion. In the new production at DC's Arena Stage, Marin Shaw is one of the actors who performs as both an actor and a musician. She portrays the character of Friedman, among other roles, and has 15 years of violin training. We're excited to talk with her today. Marin, thank you so much for being here with us today having me. Before we ask about Indecent, let's talk about you. Where did you grow up and where did you go to school?
1: Um, So I'm actually from West Coast. I'm from uh, Los Angeles and I um, grew up there and then actually left um, when I was a junior in high school to go to um, Performing Arts Boarding School in Michigan. Um, I went to Interlochen Arts Academy uh, and majored in theater there. Um, and then after that, went to uh, college at Fordham um, in their theater program, Fordham University, the Lincoln Center campus. Um, and then ended up, you know, that was, that was in New York City. So, and then ended up staying. So, <laughs> that's kind of my journey from the West Coast to the East Coast.
0: When did you decide that you wanted to be a performer?
1: Um, you know, I, I always think about this. I think that, I, I always was really uh, drawn to it. Um, I remember, like, I mean, I, well, I started playing violin when I was five. Um, and so I was really mainly a violinist through, like, the beginning of my childhood. But then I remember, like, every year we do a school play, and I'd always become, like, very obsessed with it and be like, I want to do this part. And, like, much, much more invested than other seven-year-old
0: okay and even at seven wow okay
1: yeah I mean I I, like really loved it I I did my first play when I was like four which was actually Fizzler on the Roof Um, wow but I um I never thought it was like something that I could actually do professionally because nobody in my family does is like a performer of any kind everybody's like in health and business and medicine and stuff but um I I just kind of, like, stuck with it, and it was always the thing that I, like, looked forward to at school, whether any type of arts, whether it was, like, visual or performing, um, and then it was the thing I got excited, the most excited about every year with, like, the school play, and then, um, I kind of made the transition from violin into singing into acting, um, and it, still in early high school, I thought it was, like, something that could honestly help me get into college, something that was, like, my hobby, my interest, but not something that I could actually do professionally because I just really didn't know that, because growing up in LA, I kind of, I had a lot of, I went to school with like famous people's kids, and so I, I had no understanding of like being a working artist that wasn't someone who was a celebrity or Mm -hmm. a starving artist. I didn't know there was like a middle ground, Um, (laughs) and then, (laughs) I know, (laughs) but honestly, that was something that I was like, well, I'm not, I don't think I'll be a celebrity, so I just, I guess I can't do it at all. (laughs) Um, but then when I went to Interlochen and I was like surrounded by, you know, performers and I remember they like have alum panels where like, uh, graduated actors come back and like, you know, do a and A with you and give you advice and stuff. And I remember like hearing about their careers and their lives and like knowing that they weren't necessarily famous, but that they were working. And I remember in that moment, I was like, oh, you can do it. It's possible. And pretty much when I got to Interlochen, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for my life.
0: And and when did you start playing the violin? Was I understand it was a very at a very young age.
1: Yeah, I started at five, um, which is like pretty typical for violinists. Sometimes they start as early as three. Um, I think it was four or
0: five. I don't remember. Um, I have to ask my mom. Now, did you um, want to play the violin, or was it something that your parents suggested?
1: No, what's, what's funny is I did want to play it. Apparently, this is how the story goes in my family, is that they were going to start me on piano because that was something that, you know, all five-year-olds or whatever start taking piano lessons, and my sister did that. Um, but I have an older sister. Um, and so, But then apparently when it got time for me to take piano lessons, I told them that I wanted to play the violin. Um, I, I, My grandparents, like... Um, are on a board of a symphony and so I think they had taken me to some symphony events or some concerts and I said that I wanted to play the violin because it was the smallest instrument (laughs) apparently (laughs) (laughs) I have no memory of this my family always loves to joke they're like I guess you didn't see the piccolos in the back
0: (laughs) and you definitely Uh, didn't see the tubas right right. yeah
1: yeah (laughs) Uh, did you Um, did you I said I wanted to play and then they put me in
0: lessons, when I started. <laughs> did you at one point consider a career as a professional musician? I mean, possibly ending up in in an orchestra. Um,
1: I not I, I did not so seriously because when I was considering it, it was when I was younger, when I was like maybe like middle school age, and so I didn't really know what that meant yet either. But I went to like some some arts camps for violin, and then but that was also the time when I was starting to transition into theater. Um, So, but I loved playing in orchestra. I knew I didn't want to be a soloist, but I thought about, I loved orchestra because I loved being around people and like the communal aspect of it, which I think then like fueled my like love of
0: doing theater because it's like in no way a solo art. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, talk about how the discipline involved with playing the violin informs your work as an actor and a singer.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. I i mean, it definitely informs it because a violin is like, a, and not that actors aren't disciplined because of course we are, but there's much more like room for artistic interpretation and things like that. And, you know, growing up, playing violin first, I think it made me approach things in somewhat of, like, a rigid manner, Mm -hmm. Um, and then everything I did after that, like, singing coming next, then you have to be even looser when you're a singer, and then when you're an actor, you have to be even less rigid there in the way that you, like, learn things, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it actually kind of goes the other way around, where I think my work as, like, an actor informs, now how I am as a violinist. Um, it's so funny, I was just in rehearsal with our, with our um, composer, music director, who's also one of the actors in the show, Alexander Sopromsky, and he was, I was frustrated because I wasn't getting something on the violin, and he was like, well, what, if, like, if you were an actor right now, like, if you were, if we were doing, like, a line through right now, would you be getting this frustrated because you keep missing this one word in a sentence? And I was like, I guess not, because I, like, <laughs> give myself more... Uh, more opportunity to be wrong when you're an actor because that's definitely something that we're taught and it's, like, bred into us that, like, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, you just try everything and there's no such thing really as wrong. You just kind of, like, keep working at it and massaging it and that's actually something that I feel like I didn't, um, wasn't instilled in me when I was coming from the music world and the classic, classical music world specifically was it was, like, there's a right and there's a wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and that can be really frustrating when you're getting it wrong. You're like, missing a note and missing a note. Um, so, I don't know, he said to me, like, don't beat yourself up so much. Like, if you were missing a line and you were calling line in a run-through, you'd be like, oh, whatever, I called line, I'll get it by opening night, obviously. Um, but as a violinist, it's, like, hard for me to remember that. Mm. Um, so, that, yeah, it kind of goes, it goes both ways. It's
0: <laughs> very interesting. So, uh, are there opportunities that have come your way because of being able to play the violin?
1: yes
0: <laughs> I mean this one, uh, obviously, obviously. with indecent but uh, probably uh, yeah, others no, right? I, was, I was thinking
1: about this and I think that like oh my god it's, I'm gonna get the numbers wrong but it's something like five out of the seven professional jobs I've had since I graduated college have been have included violin in some way um wow so yeah so like the I my first uh or the show that I got my equity card from was a show that I was playing the violin and it was a festival that I was doing Twelfth Night in and so they obviously wanted uh, live musicians uh, for Twelfth Night. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, even I shot an episode of a TV show where I'm playing a violinist and like, you know, I'm, I'm not just and I'm not actually even playing the, I, you see me playing the violin but they didn't even want to record me. They wanted to do like a, a recorded track because it's like rice and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got the job because I know how to play the violin and then it's like an acting part.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> now I noticed not I noticed when uh, looking at your resume online that you listed so many of your uh, instructors and teachers along the way and I wonder if there are things that you took away from some of them that stay with you today yeah
1: I was thinking about this um I I think that I mean there's a way that you're taught with um with the method of violin that I studied um Suzuki method that you you learn by ear and you also like break things down um and like you, there's a way that you practice things mm-hmm. um so that has definitely stuck with me and I think again also kind of informs the way I am as an actor and a singer is like I do learn by ear uh and by reading music um easily, um, and I find that sometimes even like I, when I'm just recording lines for like an audition or something, I, um, I or when, when I'm learning lines for an audition, I record my lines and listen to them, and I was thinking, oh, that's like what you do, that's what my teachers had me do as a violinist, is like listen to things, um, and it kind of like gets it in you, you like learn the music of it, and so I kind of learn the music of my lines too, um, but teacher-specific I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I mean, I think it's, like, so ingrained in me. I don't think about what they taught me specifically because it's already become
0: a part of me. That's what I was thinking. It's become a part of you so that it's not really something that you reflect on every day.
1: So, so especially when you learn so young.
0: Yeah, exactly. So tell us about Indecent. Uh, What drew you to this production?
1: Um, So I saw saw the show in New York um, on Broadway, and I just like, absolutely loved it. And I remember sitting there in the audience being like, I want to do this play. I'm going to do this play. Um, and, I mean, one of the main reasons, honestly, is because it's the play with music. And that's something that, like, I really, really love coming from, you know, classical music and background, singing and violin, and then um, going to acting school, or what we call, like, straight acting school, in which, like, we didn't really do music for musicals at all. Um, so, when I see these plays that are, and they're kind of popping up around um, around town, everywhere now, is these plays with music. When I see them, I feel like, oh, that, that, that gets me. Um, and it's, you know, it's a special feeling. I love doing straight plays as well, but it's a special feeling when you feel like all the parts of um, who you are and as an artist kind of, like, come together in a production. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about, like, the the visual storytelling of the play as well that, you know, it crosses so much time um, and history. Um, I'm also, like, a big history buff, so I really love that part of it. Um, And also, my mother's side is, um, we're Jewish immigrants, and so there's something about being a play that I'm like, you know, so much gets lost when you're, a don't know, whatever generation, immigrant (laughs) my mother's side is about storytelling things get like watered down and lost as the years go by and being a play that's like about you know where I come from um very generally was it kind of spoke to me um and the Klezmer style of music that it uses is something that I've always like listened to mm-hmm. um Klezmer music and been like oh my god I love it it's so beautiful I always feel like it's very you know like Mystical, but I always felt like it spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is that aspect of you know it being passed down through your bones, and then getting the opportunity to actually, actually play it is something that is very exciting to me, and definitely drew me to the production.
0: And now, this play deals with some uh, very serious issues that our society continues to grapple with, uh, and I wonder what that means to see this play performed uh, in our nation's capital at this time when, you know, so many of these issues are uh, in the news and being debated.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, it's interesting because I'm not from D.C. Um, I've just done another show here and now I'm doing a show here right now. And I'm used to performing for, you know, the very liberal, very kind of, like, bubble New York community of, like, you know, the people who go see off and off off-Broadway of plays in New York, which is, like, a certain type of artist-liberal person. Um, and that's not the case in D.C. You get, like, much more mixed audiences. So I'm interested to see, you know, from talkbacks that we do and the responses from the audience what um, what they take away from it. But I... but. Yeah, specifically about the, the themes that are talked about in this play. You know, it's dealing with um, the with discrimination against immigrants, discrimination against um, sexuality, and, um, uh, you know, in the play, there's it's about two women falling in love, the play within the play, um, and in the play, the actors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Play. Yeah, you understand what I mean? Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's about love is love and I'm excited to present that to a DC audience and also with like everything that's going on right now and continues to go on about debates about immigration um, this is a play about immigrants and this is a play about how they were um, first accepted into this country and not accepted into this country mm. so I hope that you know in the case of any theater that we do and especially this production is kind of like For the audience and um, and uh, help them look at themselves more closely about how they think about love and um, censorship and art and discrimination. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about this because in the in the play at the end, I'll try not to give many spoilers. They they end up in a situation where they are told that. They can sing and dance. The the, the troop that performs at the five, which is um, I'm one of the troop members, they're allowed to perform song and dance um, six nights of the week, and only theater one night of the week. And that's because theater um, is dangerous, and it causes um, thoughts, and it causes um, it can cause people to think mm-hmm. um, and to look at themselves and to look at the world around them, um, and that can be a really scary thing. Um, depending on what type of government you're living under. So, yes, so I'm very excited to have the D.C. audiences
0: um, hear what they think about it. Well, Marin, thank you so much for talking with us today, and uh, we will have information on uh, Woman Around Town and certainly after the podcast to tell people how they can go to uh, Arena Stages website to purchase tickets for Indecent. So, thank you so much and again, I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Women Around Town and we've been speaking with Maureen Shaw about Arena Stages Indecent. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.